Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back. Winning Plays Podcast, Rich Levine, Brian Rob. You're up. The preseason has officially begun. So if we say the pre can we say the season has begun? I think so. It's basketball, it's NBA, it's basketball season. How about that? From the TD Garden standpoint last night, regular season was here because that was, I don't know if you heard that crowd at home, Rich, but that was, they were, they were bringing it for a preseason game. The Boston Celtics played a game in which both Jays started. The, 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 pretty much everyone played yeah. against another NBA team. There were fans in the stands. Basketball season has begun. That's what I'm going to say. It's what's mark it down. There's I your like title. Like There's your Gary. title right there. <laughs> um, and I can't imagine, like, if you're talking about symbolism, like this new era of Celtics basketball, it's weird because Brad Stevens is part of the other era as well. But this is the Brad Steve, President Brad Stevens era, uh, the Ime Udoka era. Uh, era, <laughs> era, tongue twister. Uh, there aren't many ways you talk about the first hoop. I know it's just preseason, but that play, Jalen Brown drives to the hoop, leaves his feet, kind of a dangerous play, kicks it out to Jason Tatum, back to Marcus Smart, little pump fake. The defense at this point, the match and the Magic are not a great team, anyways. The Magic defense is scrambling. Marcus Smart disses it right back to Jason Tatum, a wide open three pointer. And that kind of play, we didn't see very many of those last year. Last, I, maybe I want to say last few years, maybe it's just, just, just recency bias. At least last year, it had been a while since we'd seen a, a possession where the team just looked like a team and you saw the result. That's how you start the era. And then you fought up with 35% shooting and lots of breaks for the rest of the game. But no, you're right. The, the, I don't care. I don't, we care. don't care about that. But the, the looks were good. I, I, I think it after the game. Yeah, there was. I thought there was a lot of good. And again, like having to needing a, a Romeo Langford, uh, somewhat last second three pointer to beat one of the worst teams in the NBA. I don't care if it's preseason, not that great. I think there were a lot of positives to take from this game. I agree. I like to your point to the almost to a fault. There was almost too much passing in the first half, which Udoka talked about after the game of guys trying to turn, you know, turning down shots for looking for even better shots, but you know, losing that window of opportunity where that was the right shot. So there's clearly going to be a balancing act on that front. But I agree, Rich, like those possessions, like you pointed out, were few and far between last season, even as the offense was humming along. And that's something where you need full team buy-in to get those, as well as playing with pace and, you know, Tatum and, and Brown just looking to, you know, move more and set up teammates more on top of, you know, getting their own on any particular night. And, like we saw last night, Jalen had it going early. He got the ball a lot. 
and everyone else kind of like stood to the side in a, in a good way. So as long as the, the shots start falling like that, Udoga is, I think, setting the tone well from an offensive standpoint. It seems to be translating better for next year. And I think a lot of that too is the, you know, they also have personnel, new personnel that's, that's helping on that front as well. Yeah, personnel-wise, we can just start at the top. We talk about the Jays. Obviously, Jalen, 25 points. Great. 4-12 from three, whatever. I like 11 foul shots between the two of them. Five for five for Tatum. Five for six for, for Brown. You even might like to see that a little bit higher once the season begins. But I think it's sort of setting a tone. They both look strong, like physically strong. And you saw some of the times, you know, Jason, he, he got, uh, I think he, he scored on, on Wagner a few times where, you know, maybe you know, his, first, his first game. The dunk on Wendell Carter, just generally speaking, I thought both of them physically looked like two guys that you're uh, expecting to carry the load for the entirety of this year. And you've thrown the fact that Jalen Brown is coming off a wrist surgery. Um, and not that he hasn't been able to do stuff the last few months, but this is, you know, first live action as someone who has fractured the wrist several times and had surgery. Like that's not, you know, I'm no... I'm not a pro athlete at all, but that it, it's going to take time to readjust. You're going to have sore days and things like that much, you know, times 10, if you're an athlete like Brown, but the fact he looked like his, there was, it was not a noticeable part of his game, not a noticeable part of his shot in the early going, I think is very encouraging. And, and to your point, yeah, I mean that, that Tatum dunk on Carter, that is, I think where you want, you don't want Tatum to be living down there, but like when he has mismatches, if they're going to go for these, this big lineup, which we'll talk about in a bit, not this one specifically, but just with Tatum at the three, and he's going to have some mismatches down there. That's the type of aggression you want to see this year because if he's not finishing those dunks, he should be at least getting to the line in those scenarios because you know guys aren't going to be able to contain him down there. You feel comfortable, fully comfortable calling that a dunk? I mean, it was pretty close. Would have liked to seen him throw it down a little bit harder. You know, it was borderline. It was borderline like you know Dwight Howard and the dunk contest, kind of throwing it down from from far away. A couple of like Blake Griffin used to have a few of those, but. To to meet again, like Carter was there, right? And he jumped, and he jumped. He wasn't off balance. He fully jumped to 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 defend that dunk. And I, I maybe I have to rewatch it. But I, if if Tatum is taking it to the hoop like that, good things are going to happen. It's 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 that simple. Um. So the Jays, we talked about the Jays. Marcus Smart, um, dude. And I know I say the, the dive. In the first, was it the first quarter? <laughs> yeah, it was like six. It was like four minutes in the first quarter, I think. And I know, and I know that's Marcus Smart, right? But that—that that is what I say every time we talk about him. He needs to be healthy. Yes. So I, I, I love, I love that you're coming up this with the, like, not that good job, no, Marcus. Like, what are you doing? And I, and he's being Marcus Smart. I understand, but like at some point, like as you get, how old is he now? He's got to be twenty-seven. Is my guess. I'd have to look that up. That that's off the top of my 27 head. Twenty-seven years old. He'll be twenty-eight years old in March. As you get closer to seventh NBA year, as you get closer to thirty, and you play as hard as you do, and your team is counting on you now as the starting point guard, as they are. Man, the first quarter of the preseason, he took a couple charges. Again, I know that's Marcus, but I would I, I would actually be okay with him not playing the rest of the pre, the preseason. <laughs> After seeing that, I don't I don't feel comfortable taking that risk, knowing the way that he is going to put himself out there regardless of, of what's on the line. Well, here's your problem on that front, Rich. Now he's got his money. So there's no reason to protect himself anymore. He like, he, he got paid and he likes to play know, basketball. I think, he I know, like, and this is, he embraces it. This is like, this is what he lives for is 
it doesn't matter if it's three minutes into the opening preseason game or, you know, a minute left in game seven in the fourth quarter. Like that's what you, you can't tell him to not play what his instincts are, which is a problem because his instincts will get him hurt randomly. And so finding that line, like you said, the, the putting him in bubble wrap and just not letting him play for the preseason, that might be the answer here, but you're going to have to, you're having to talk to the, the top guy on that one. I love like in most cases you would say like getting their money would be a, uh... A, a spot where players don't play as hard. But you're saying Marcus is now going to play harder yes. because he's got his money. He's going to be more reckless, take more charges, dive more, because now he doesn't, you know, there, there isn't even that little voice in his head being like, hey, you know, you can't get hurt because this is a contract here. Well, That's I hope he, I just hope he does it more. And I know I started this podcast by saying it's basketball season. Like, I hope he just could do it more in games that actually matter, is all yeah. I'm saying. I love to see him taking charges. I know that that's him. And, and maybe, you know, when when the Celtics are putting up another banner next next fall, uh, Udoka will talk about Marcus Smart diving on the floor in that first preseason game, setting the tone that's going to change this whole season. But in the event that that doesn't happen, I don't want to see it happen anymore. And we love Marcus, right? I hate I hate parping on the negative. Uh, I, I thought that he looked all right as, a, as, as the point guard of this team, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there was like everyone else, they had eight turnovers in the first quarter. He had two very sloppy passes out of the gate, but then, I mean, that's, that's preseason malaise more than, you know, concern about him, but yeah, that that's, I think that's the biggest area for me as seeing him take the point guard reins this year is, you know, you know, you're going to get the energy, you're knowing at the defense, the smart decision-making offensively with like, you can't be lazy with the passes, his turnover rate. We've seen years where it's been fantastic. It's been super low. We've seen years where it's been way too high. If you're going to be a point guard. So if he can, you know, bring that down to uh, a level where, you know, you're not losing possessions because of bad passes, they're going to be a great spot because I think we saw last night, the defense could be really good with this team. If, if everyone's engaged and if, if Udoga's playing the right lineup, so it'll be, but there'll be a trade-off offensively in that department if they go in that direction. It's just so deep, so deep, you know, and obviously we're like a little jaded coming up last season, especially where, where it was one of the more shallow uh, NBA rosters that we've seen in a long, long time. But like, man, they, they go like 10, they go 10 deep. And I don't, and we can talk about this. Maybe we can talk about this now. Like I don't, I don't know. Romeo sh- shot the ball. Well, maybe if, if he keeps shooting like that, he'll, he'll find himself, uh, some more playing time, but I don't even know a guy like Romeo Langford. When when are you going to to play? Who are you playing over? Like he's certainly not playing over Neesmith. He's not, you know, he's like they're all like <laughs> where last year you couldn't find enough guys to go to. Now you're really gonna have to put some guys. Uh, it's gonna be hard for a lot of these guys to work themselves into the rotation. One hundred percent. I mean, you you look at the end of that game of like, okay, that was this that was guys nine through thirteen on the roster that kind of pulled off the comeback for the Celtics, and then you looked at the guys. I know like the Magic you know, are rebuilding and don't have real depth and had a bunch of guys out, but like the, the Celtics probably had the five best players on the floor out of all 10 that finished that game. And that's, you know, the, again, speaks to their depth, but I, I'm not sure where we're going. I mean, there's going to be an odd man out, probably multiple odd men out most nights here. And then same with Cantor, like how's Cantor going to play if, yeah, if they're going to like, I mean, it might be a situation where, you know, Hernan Gomez, like that's a guy that Langford could play over if they, you know, embrace going small as opposed to having that extra size. And I think that's, that's all the stuff they're trying to look at this preseason right now being like, okay, which lineups make sense, which lineups have a rhythm, you know, and then I guess they have to decide, do we really want to lead into the defense or the offense for, for, for a lot of these looks? 
Because I, I, I even some in some ways you look at like uh, Richardson versus Neesmith. Like is is Neesmith definitely the eighth player? I make maybe, maybe the seventh guy on this team. I mean, based on last, I mean, it, one game, one game, but offensively. Gomez started, so he, but he's not obviously in, in the top, right. so take him off. Put Al on his yeah. spot, right? And then you have you, you got Schroeder, you have Richardson, I guess, a seven. Yeah, and then I think by default, and then, and then after that, Smith, it's, right, free for all. And so that's, that's where a, the that's a solid question is going to be. <laughs> if you're the Celtics, if you're Brad Stevens, if Nitsu can get that seventh spot, like earn that, that's fantastic because. That gives you all sorts of more flexibility in terms of how you want to build this team going forward because there is going to be a lot of redundancy there in the wing if Neesmith raises his level and Pritchard keeps coming along. And then, like we said, if you if Romeo shows that, hey, you should, you know, I actually deserve to be playing even though that there's not minutes for me, then you can, you know, get creative in terms of how you want to upgrade the roster. Because I was looking at the just at the box score from, from yesterday's game and you see that like the Jays played, I think, like, 25 and 25 or something like certainly yeah, 26 for Jalen um 25 for for Jason and you figure they're you know most games they're in the mid 30s right so another 10 minutes each say right. and then you see you know uh Grant played nine and a half minutes uh Romeo played for some reason he's not showing. Oh, Romeo played ten minutes, so it's almost like like that those ex, those ten minutes that are normally yeah. going to go to the Jays, <laughs> like Grant and and Romeo just slid in and filled that filled that spot, and then right. everyone else, you know, and Cantor played nine minutes. I, I wonder how much we'll see him on a regular basis in the regular season, but I don't know. I love you. See, Forsberg wrote a, a column today saying that maybe Neesmith is the fifth starter. It's if he looks like he did in the fourth quarter, that's certainly going to give you the best offensive upside of that group without you know, taking too much away from your bench, but I mean, it feels a little early. It feels a little early. early. Right. I mean, it's you, you look pretty vulnerable defensively, especially against bigger guys. If you go Neesmith in there, since, you know, you're giving up a lot in the size department and you're putting a lot of pressure on Tatum and Brown out of the gate on that front. So it seems like with the options they have with Horford, with Hernan Gomez, with, with, you know, even like a Grant Williams type, like you, you might want to, do that on some nights against certain teams, but by and large, I my my guess is that they're going to go big and try to kind of stack the the bench of offense. So, what I do want like the Hernan Gomez look. I mean Hernan Gomez just being in the rotation. Are you in or out on that? We know he's not going to be starting full time here. It looks like no. But they want to yeah. get a look at it. I know. Sorry, Wancho. But <laughs> what did you? What did you? Did, is he bringing anything to the table that interests you here? He really. I feel like he kind of just stayed out of the way on offense and tried to craft the offensive glass, which honestly is probably not a, a bad choice for him if he's trying to make friends here. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he took two shots. He took one three. And, we, and you talk about, like, in what ways is he going to be most effective? It would be maybe as a three-point shooter. But I also, like, there was one one stretch he was out there with um, with the Jays, Marcus, and it was just Al instead of uh, Rob. Right. So the star except Al instead of Rob. And they, there, was a, they, there was some great spacing on offense there. You could, ju- you could just really see. that w- There was that one, one play... Must have been the first half. I think like Marcus like took his guy one on one out of the half court, did like a little, I don't know, basically just broke. I, I forget who was even guarding. It might have been Anthony, but the the, spit, the but the, it was just so clear. The paint was so clear. The the defense was spread so thin that Marcus was just about able out of the half court set to break his guy down one on one and finished uh, and finished in the paint. 
So I think that's th those are ways, obviously, when uh, where Hernan Gomez can can help. But I don't know. I mean, plus six and seventeen minutes—that's not bad. But he was kind of just it was just kind of a neutral game, I would say, which is better than than bad, but uh, not quite as good as positive. And speaking of Rob, um, one that of might seven, be his worst game ever. One, of, but, but you know what I liked? So he was one of seven, which is very unRob, right? A guy who shoots close to eighty uh, percent at times. Uh, I like that he was taking those shots. Like he took he took a couple mid range jump shots. Obviously, they didn't go in, but I like that he's at least trending towards maybe having that be part of his game. I like that he's thinking about taking those shots because if he can start consistently hitting a fifteen footer, maybe even some days, maybe maybe you can push it back a little bit. It'd be a start. Like that changes his 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 effectiveness. He's already so effective, but like you know, I, I think that it would really open up stuff for not just him but for the celtics if he can start hitting those shots yeah and that's practice that all you want in the next two weeks like get them all up um especially if defenses are going to take away the paint entirely from you on the roll like get that practice in but i do wonder how much leash he's going to have on those once the real game start and when you're yeah, you start hitting there, him at some point you yeah start hitting him at some point so like it'll be but yeah it's that's something even you know even in summer league and stuff like that you can tell at least the past coaching staff didn't want him to take a few of those, even though I think he hit them at a you know respectable rate last year. I feel like there's a few games where he, you know, knocked down a couple of them and he's clearly getting more comfortable with them. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like this is, those are the tools you want to have. You don't want to be relying on them, but if defenses have to at least, you know, think twice about getting out there on you, um, if you've made the first one, then that's, that's obviously a win for the team and spacing. But I do wonder, like, is Rob a hundred percent your starting center? Like, is, is there any, I wonder if they look at like the Horford Hernan Gomez front court and then bring Rob as a, just a rim runner off the bench and obviously playing the same minutes essentially, but you know, maybe taking some of the onus off of him. I wonder if that is a consideration all to start this year or if he, you know, he has the keys to the car. Yeah. Oh, he was over seven. Actually. I think he, had the, he only had one foul shot. Um, yeah. That feels like a step back. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're ready to, to do that and like maybe at worst case maybe you say hey maybe you step back your game a little bit like don't maybe maybe go back the way you were playing last year and not really not really uh worrying about those mid-range jump shots even that, that he had a guy uh, took a guy in the post and took a jump hook at one point he missed it but he took it <laughs> um but yeah i don't want to i don't want to the lesson his role right now yeah and i think i mean i don't think i doubt the team wants to, I, I was just like a a floating hypothetical in terms of like maximizing him because it wouldn't be lessening his role essentially. I mean, cause he could still close games and stuff like that. It would just be, are you better? Especially, I guess my one concern of him, you know, the missed shots aside, it's just one game is if they're going to be switching everything defensively, which it looks like they're trying to do a lot um, based on last night, he's going to, you know, he struggled to get out to the three point line a few times. And that's, you know, that is a tough ask and not, not necessarily, that's going to be any, you know, for Al or anyone in that position. That's yeah, that's what I was thinking is Al, yeah. Um, but you wonder, again, if he's... I, I'm curious to see how Udoka you know, approaches that, knowing that it's going to be a challenge for any big in that spot. Richardson and Schroeder combined 2 of 15. Not a great start. I guess that's why they're available. Um, <laughs> What's funny is that is that Richardson was plus 11, Schroeder was minus 12. Huh. I thought Schroeder played better over. Actually, Richardson was really good defensively. I'll say that. Um, Schroeder 
just a lot of Rondo vibes. I mean, that's this is not like a new take yeah. on this, but Scal was saying that on the on the on TV, turning down a lot of shots, um, looking to pass, which is again a good thing when you have guys hitting shots. But that wasn't the case last night. Um, but yeah, I like the defensive energy from both. Yeah, and Schroeder had the great great alley to Al. He had a great feed to Cantor uh, later in the game. Like he's a guy like he knows how to run a team. You get that sense. And that's something that certainly uh, they didn't really, uh, uh, I guess when everyone was healthy, maybe last year, but like, that's a, that's a really, and he's going to, if he's going to be your sixth man, um, that's someone I, I don't really think of the word reliable when I think of Schroeder, but when he's out there and when he's focused, he's a very solid, uh, second point guard. So I think, again, he had four, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, uh, filled up the stat sheet. Um, but yeah, those two were also over four from three. I'd obviously like to see. Uh, the the Richardson drives were not pretty. There was no. a lot of and whatever. So I got a whistle kind of stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. Just not. And that's the one other thing. Like who outside of Brown and Tatum, like it's hard to, to figure out who else on this team will get to the line. Schroeder should be able to do that. He used to do that early. You know, create that contact at the rim. He's probably the next best chance. But you know, Horford is allergic to the the paint these days. I mean, a lot of that is by choice, but then there's no one else really that you can count on to get there, or at least to create reliable contact there. So um, you'd hope that both, both of those guys will eventually be able to do that in games that matter. Um, anything else hey, to get uh, to you before we, yeah. Or you can just talk, tell us about our sponsor here. What we got rich. Yeah, I can do that. And in order to do that, B-Rob, I have to say, listen up sports betters. Uh, this is winning plays podcast. We're here to tell you about our favorite sports book. That is bet us football's back. It's time to get in on the action. Uh, we only endorse one sports book. That is BetUS.com. If you're asking why, because bet us has America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, all kinds of crazy bets, and they'll walk you through setting up an account. No one in the industry gives you bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now, check out offers, and you, that's right, you can get the 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. We bet at uh, BetUS, so should you. That's BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. And uh, enter BSJ when you sign up. BetUS.com for a special bo- <clears throat> special bonus, excuse me, BetUS.com where the game begins. Um, did you catch the GM survey that 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 came out just as we were uh, about to record? I did see that, and I didn't see a lot of Celtics on there. Um, Not a lot of love. But I, and I guess, so here's, here's the thing. Like I was, I was a little, I guess a little bit surprised by the lack of Celtic attention, but when I really thought about it, I don't know. I don't think it's that deserving. I, you know what I mean? Like there, there was, there were very few spots where I could look and make an argument. Big like, wait, you forgot, you, for, you know, you forgot Tatum, you forgot Jalen. You know, so I, I think I, I, there were a few spots where they were listed. Um, which team has the most promising young core? Uh, the Celtics finished third, seven percent. The Hawks, clear, clearly, I think everyone can agree. Fifty percent of GMs picked the Hawks with the most most promising young core, and then. Uh, the Rockets, very different kind of promising young core than the Celtics, but the Rockets, because they have so many. Uh, so that's a pri- that was players. surprising pick to me to have Rockets second there because I mean, they have a lot of guys, but who's like the who's the slam dunk prospect on there outside of you know 
their most recent like green like yeah and sure. i guess you probably do they still include wood like as a as a young player how much how old is he actually is he's probably he's, he's got to be mid-20s at this point i think i know he was he was undrafted or was taken late in the second round and bounced around for a couple of years before he broke yeah, out he just turned 26 so i don't think he, yeah he so counts. that's yeah but i mean they have the what jalen uh jalen green do they have and yeah, he, green he, he's the favorite to win the uh rookie of the year according to yeah. the gms um so and they have obviously um what peace friend from from turkey the guy who they took <laughs> with, with with the celtics uh, the celtics pick. pick this year watch closely um and i guess right like if you if if you want to kevin porter again is a guy that i think has a lot of talent like is he ever going to channel it in a way that's going to work on a, on a on a winning team we'll see right. he's still considered young uh but yeah then the celtics at seven percent uh are third in the not, not bad so again that's i think more of a reflection of last season than anything else and just you know you have brown and tatum but then all these picks you took the last couple of years no one's fully buying into them yet which rightfully so who is the best perimeter defender in the NBA? Uh, Drew Holiday got 50% of the votes. Ben Simmons got 17%. Jimmy Butler, third. And then also getting a vote, Marcus Smart. Okay. And that's and that, that, and that is and that is understandable. Where one GM say, who's the best perimeter defender? Yeah, I guess Marcus Smart. But you can't get upset and be like, I can't believe they think that Jimmy Butler is better than Marcus Smart. Maybe he is. Kawhi Leonard also got 10%. I think you can, you can argue is probably when he's healthy, a better uh, perimeter defender than Marcus Smart. Uh, then finally, which new or relocated head coach will make the biggest impact on his new team? Rick Carlisle gets 64% Whew. of the vote. Uh, Ime, second, 14%. Now, do you feel like that's a reflection of like the previous Pacers coach was just so bad? Right, he has more room. He has more room, whereas Brad Stevens, yeah, like, you know, they... They had a bad year, but how much is he was at fault for that? I think he was pretty far down the list of things that like were rough about last season. Yeah, and it also might just be out of respect for Rick Carlisle. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm sure he's he's been. A, I don't know if he's been a mentor for a lot of these guys. Uh, I'd be lying if he's I said a, that. He's a president of the coaches association, so that has to count for something. Is is, is he? I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If so, if that's the case, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, he he's he's a legend, right? He he won a title. He's going to a place that has a lot of talent, like for sure. Not that the Celtics don't, but the the paces are pretty loaded as well. Um, so yeah, it's sort of deferential to 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 Carlisle. But it's also nice to see that he may got it was was respected enough to to come in second place. Jason Kidd was third uh, at eleven percent. I would also hope receiving that... votes: Chauncey Billups, Jamal Mosley, Wes Unseld Jr. How many new coaches were there this year? Like seven, eight. I want to say seven. Yeah. It's a hefty, almost everyone got to mention, got a, at least. A yeah, that's right. Who's the one new coach that. <laughs> Who's the one guy. Um, yeah. I'll have to look that up, but I think that was, that covered pretty much everyone. Maybe, oh, maybe Willie Green. Willie Green got left out of there. Um, New Orleans. New Orleans. Tough break, Willie. Um, and then the Celtics were picked, was it six overall in the East? Yeah. In the rankings here. So like. Again, right? Like I. Can't really argue too much of it. Like, even though where would you put them? We haven't. We're, we haven't made. We'll make. We'll wait on our predictions until the preseason comes. But I'm not going to fault any executives who think that you know six 
I, I imagine these were taken before the Simmons holdout too. And, I was just thinking that I don't I don't know if there's a date in there when it was because because Philly you see is four right right. So that will be um, you know right now I think it's fair to say if if he is not playing and they have no return for him yet he's not going to be in that slot. But I have another question for you, Rich, on this though. How many GMs do you think actually filled this out as opposed to random parts of the front office or like you know the the secretary yeah or the, that was gonna be part of my question too like who do you like especially with the celtics like when you say give this to the gm there's no one that has that that title that's true so does brad player. just does brad just hang it hand it to you off to his newest employee like the someone he just hired um or the, the low man on the totem pole I'm like hey like you have this week off here go do this for me yeah, you wonder again. They do they, they do this every year. Who knows? I, that would be a fun story to get to the truth behind this GM survey. Um, <laughs> by the way, Damon Sto- Damon Stoudemire did get a vote for uh, for best assistant coach. Yeah. Can't confirm whether it was Ime who 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 made the vote. Actually, no, that would have been would have been, it would have been Brad or whoever did it. But uh, I can't confirm that it wasn't a Celtic that that voted for him. But he did uh, make the list, which is pretty cool. Um, Miami, pretty solid in third place. Uh, according to these GMs, the GMs love Calor out Lowry. He was, I think, far and away like the best offseason addition, you know, vote there. And I don't, I mean, the Heat, it, it makes a lot of sense on paper. You wonder as those guys get older, if they got everyone a year or two too late with like PJ Tucker and Lowry, et cetera. But if everyone kind of plays a role there, that's, yeah, that's certainly, I think a clear cut number three, at least when the playoffs roll around that you don't want to see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right. Play when the playoffs roll around, that's a good way to say it. I'm getting sort of like uh nets vibes a little bit, like, like after the Pierce and KG trade, like Lowry's going to be 36 years old this season. And how long a deal did he get? They gave him a three-year deal. Is that, I'm not, I'm not positive. I think um, it was, it's definitely, yeah, I think it was three, either three or four, but that's a lot of cash for a guy. Who's 36 and and has a pretty long injury history of like you know someone like Smart who always gives up his body and you wonder that's at, what at I worry about. That's what I worry be. about. So ten more years of that, like for Smart, you wonder what he's going to be looking like at that at that stage of his career. But they for now, that's going to be. They picked up a Morris twin as well. I didn't realize that. The Heat Mark did. Heath? Yeah. They got Mark Yeah. Where's where's Marcus? Is he did he resign with the Clippers? Yeah, he's with the Clippers still. He's probably can look at his chops this season. He's gonna be the second leading scorer on that team, probably with Kawhi out. So one of the other questions in the survey, which head coach makes the best in-game adjustments? Ty Lu. Whoa. Yeah. Kind of surprising. Have, yeah, I mean he certainly Tyloo has a sneaky good track record as a head coach now. Like you, you guide the Cavs. I mean, it worked out pretty well for him in terms of like you know guiding that Cleveland team to the title. He got out of Cleveland immediately after LeBron left. What was that? Six games where they like made right. him get fired. Like great move. Yeah, I said um, not a dumb move. Not a dumb move at all. It's like I'm just not going to do what the front office wants. So I, mm-hmm. you can fire me, and I get all my money. By the way, I think Take Urban, Urban Meyer might be taking a page out of that book as we speak. Right. But um, 
yeah, I think he did a good he did a good job last postseason. I mean, with, once Kawhi went down, they put up a decent fight without him. Um, but I would I would not have guessed. Like, I don't know who comes to the top of your mind for that. Like, out of anyone in the NBA right now. For for in game adjustments, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, not not Mike Budenhoser. Although <laughs> the, he he uh, he was second. Tibbs was still very much uh, the the best defensive scheming coach. Uh, but Budenhoser was was second on that list, which is respectable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just excited to see what what Yimei does. Right, like it's first chance as a head coach right here, and we and we got to see a little bit. You know, last night, you know, just what this team is gonna gonna bring to, to the court every night in, in this new regime. And and I and I and I and I went back. We started with that 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 first possession, that passing, that got Tatum that wide open three point shot. Just keep it rolling. I think you just keep that 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 that. Oh, it's not about focus, just that mentality. I think just people are gonna start having fun and, and winning games. And that's gonna cure any of that stuff that they had to deal with last year. It'll be much easier. There won't be as much to listen to in the media, but right. like just just start playing together, start having fun, and they have a talent again. And they don't have those championship expectations anymore. There's not that doom and gloom if they're not like in the first, second, or third seed. Like they're, they're almost playing for next year, you know. So just like I don't know. I hope they. I hope they. 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 They take it in the right direction. There are two ways it can go, right? Like you can you can get down on yourself. It can become a negative. And you can just lose the thread on where they're going. And again, like who who knows? Like the Bradley Beal's, you know, I'm gonna say behavior, but his his stance on the vaccine that, that take, takes me back, uh, sets me back a little bit in terms of really wanting to build around him. You can take one one of those first round picks back in the offer. You say, take, no, I'll give you the two first rounders, not three though. Yeah, um, that bummed me out a little bit. Well, I wonder, and I do wonder all these guys. I mean, he's not in a spot like Wiggins was, and now Kerry where it's going to cost him games and money by not getting it um, based on the location. But all right. Um, but yeah, you do wonder, I mean, for all these teams in those, you know, areas, whether that will, you know, impact them going after him or anyone else who might be still holding out. On yeah, getting the Wizards team. play in New York, right? Like he'll, he'll have to. Well, apparently they're exempt. Like away teams are exempt from the rule. Oh. So it's only the home players. So that's why Wiggins and Kyrie were firmly under the microscope this week. Kyrie still is. Apparently didn't practice today since they were back uh, in the in New York. Um, but going back to to grab things up on Udoka of like, you know, I, I'm 100% with you in terms of like the, the carefree kind of buy-in. Everything seems to be on the right page, at least from the first grade camp when the vibes you get from the players. I don't think this is going to be easy for Udoka at all in terms of like who you're going to play every night here with this roster, there are no easy choices outside of three or four guys that you, you, you know, you want to start. But after that, you could make the case for like three or four different guys off the bench each night, like depending on how things are going. So I'm very curious to see who each rolls with, who he trusts, how long will leash he gives to guys, how much of an opportunity he gives to younger guys. Like I, I do not envy him there because as we saw last night, like they're, you're just starting to throw stuff around and, and that's without even seeing the likes of like Langford and, and Cantor for the first three quarters of the game. Um, so that, that's going to be a fascinating subplot to me as we, you know, roll through this preseason and get ready for the, the real ones. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. 
it's uh game one somewhat in the books <laughs> game one with an asterisk still is is in the books and uh and we're here for the season we're ready in the meantime hit us up at winning plays pod on twitter at rich underscore levine i'm at brian t rob check out my stuff at mass live as well subscribe to the winning plays pod rate review us itunes spotify wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back in the next couple weeks here we'll be starting to go through uh some of the big names players for this team and preview them ahead of the season what do you call these capsules rich this little little yeah yeah we'll go with that. that player capsules. or just go back we just go back and delete this part when we think of the the actual yeah. name <laughs> stay tuned for that uh, all right so look for those coming out later this week and next week and in the meantime thanks for listening